1: How many black friends do you have at BYU? Honestly, none.
2: Hi,
0: I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Madison Malone-Kircher. You're listening to ICymi, In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture.
2: And we have taken another road trip back to Utah, baby. Beep, beep,
0: beep, beep.
2: Madison is driving because I can't drive.
0: <laughs> that means you have the ox court. Honestly, this seems right.
2: Yes, yes. We will be playing a lot of Jasmine Sullivan.
0: So we're back in Utah because, uh, surprise, surprise, we're getting back into one of our favorite topics on the show, uh, the Church of the Latter-day Saints. We're talking Mormons.
2: I don't really know how this became a main character on the show, but Henry VIII is also a main character on the show, so it kind of makes sense. Makes perfect
0: sense. The TikTok algorithm is the answer you're looking for.
2: Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the TikTok algorithm, we're talking about the Black Menaces, a group of Black students at Brigham Young University who have been absolutely taking over my For You page over the last few weeks.
0: Mine too. So the Menaces, like Rachel said, are a student group on the BYU campus in Provo, Utah, and they wander the campus grounds doing person on the street interviews with students and faculty asking questions that might be considered taboo in the Church of the Latter-day Saints. So we're talking things like, do you support gay marriage? Would you call yourself a feminist? My personal favorite, how many black friends do you have?
2: (laughs) Yeah, picture Billy on the street, but a lot less screaming.
0: The Menaces are absolutely blowing up on TikTok right now in a way that Billy Eichner wishes. Uh, Their biggest (laughs) video is from March 23rd. It has over 18 million views and their account collectively has over 21 million likes. They're well over half a million followers. It's a real impressive blow up for an account that only appeared on the TikTok scene in February.
2: And for such a niche topic, which is BYU and the Church of Latter-day Saints, which, despite its looming presence on our show, is a very small section of the population.
0: By looming presence, Rachel means that time we talked about soaking, uh, Mm -hmm. an alleged sex act you can Google, or that time we tracked down the guy who runs the uh, Brigham Young University Virginity Club Instagram account, or just the Mm -hmm. fact in general that uh, TikTok 100% thinks I'm an ex-Mormon, which is actually how I first found the menaces.
2: (laughs) Ooh, ooh. Yeah, what was the first video that came across your FYP?
0: This is embarrassing because you would think my answer would be one of the videos about them asking about gay marriage or gay rights or queer students being allowed to... No. The the first video (laughs) I saw was... Quite literally, the first video The Menaces ever posted. Wow. A day one fan. (laughs) I got in on the ground floor. It's the most BYU-specific of their videos, I would say, because it's just a reaction video to a member of the church saying some uh, racist, really racist stuff.
1: How come the blacks didn't get the priesthood until 1978? What's up with that, Brother Wilcox? What? Brigham Young was a jerk? A jerk? Members of the church were prejudiced? That's the bare minimum. Maybe we're asking the wrong question. What is it? Maybe instead of saying, why did the blacks have to wait until 1978, mm-hmm. maybe what we should be asking is, why did the whites okay, the wise, reasons, have the to wise. wait until I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> it was impossible to watch and not want to watch 17 more of their videos.
2: The first one I got was them asking BYU students how long they think it takes on average to get married at BYU.
0: Okay, how long do you think people date at BYU before they get married?
3: <laughs> uh, let's go th- two months. <laughs> we, ha- we
0: heard it from the people themselves. Like three months, probably. At like the
2: most. At most, and i I obviously was hooked because that is a short amount of time to decide you want to declare your life to someone else
0: we also want to take a moment to shout out a bunch of listeners uh who reached out and asked us to cover the black menaces specifically uh ruth who gets the, the special distinction of being first who asked us when we were going to cover the black menaces well ruth the answer is today
2: That's right, because after the break, we will be back with the menaces themselves. We've got them on the show, and we can't wait for you to hear what they have to say. It's so good. (laughs)
4: Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC Terms and Conditions apply.
0: All right, and we are back with the Black Menaces. Well, at least two of them. Please welcome Nate Bird and Rachel Weaver. Hi, Rachel.
1: Hi, thanks for having us. And
0: hello,
2: Nate.
1: Hey, how's
4: it going? Glad to be on the podcast.
2: We are so excited you're here. So I guess our first question is, Who are the Black Menaces?
1: So the Black Menaces, we are a group of Black students at Brigham Young University, and we are all just friends. And we met through the Black Student Union on campus. And I'll let Nate kind of explain how we decided to make the TikTok account.
4: Yeah, so the the TikTok account came in response to some comments that were made by a, a faculty member here on campus. Um, And and BYU is is sponsored by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or the Mormon Church, uh, if you will. And uh, Brad Wilcox is the name of the faculty member. He's also uh, a leader in the church, one of the higher-ups. He made some comments that were racist, sexist, and xenophobic. And uh, so we took the part that was racist, and um, we said, we got to do something about this. And we decided to uh, make a reaction video. And then after that, the rest was history. We started gaining a lot of traction, and now we have a whole bunch
2: of followers. Could y'all describe a typical Black Menace TikTok video for us?
4: Yeah, so basically, what we do is we we come up with a question, um, you know, usually regarding a social issue or a political issue, and we will ask BYU students uh, what their thoughts are on that issue. You know, just a yes or no question. A lot of times.
1: So, do you think white privilege exists? Yeah, I'd say so. Do you think you have white privilege? Mm, yeah, I'd in some ways, for sure. Want to elaborate? Um. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know. Like, And most of the questions have to do with Black people or other BIPOC communities or queer students or really any issue that we feel is addressing a marginalized group on BYU campus or just something that is more taboo in Utah or uh, the culture of the Church of Jesus Christ.
0: How does it feel when you walk up to a student and and put that microphone in their face? Put us in your shoes. What's going through your head? (laughs)
4: <laughs> uh, so honestly, I'll, I'll be I'll be truthful. It feels a little, um, I feel kind of more powerful, right? BYU is often a very draining place for marginalized groups. But when I'm with um, other people who are like me, it just feels that much better. And so when I'm walking with one or two or all four of the, you know, all four of the other Black menaces, and we're just like prowling, looking for someone to talk to, it, it's actually a lot of fun. Um, and so when we're able to to, you know, ask somebody a question and just kind of watch their reaction, as the gears start turning uh, it's pretty satisfying because a lot of times the students that we talk to have they have the privilege to where they've never had to think about these things and these are issues that we have to think about or deal with on a daily basis so being able to to kickstart that process in them is, is pretty good pretty wonderful
1: yeah i uh, the only thing i'd add is um sometimes it's a little scary at least for me as a black woman um, especially like approaching white men, it can be a little intimidating when asking racially charged questions. I don't know. Sometimes for me, I just don't know what they're gonna say, and I don't know how bold they will be. That that's kind of m- on my end as a woman, kind of adding some intersectionality there. But
2: yeah, definitely that makes a lot of sense. That actually um dovetails perfectly into our next question which is what is it like to kind of hear answers from your peers that essentially boil down to them not believing that certain marginalized groups deserve to be treated equally or like deserve rights
4: the thing with byu is we already know how people think because a lot of us you know we've been here for a long time so we already know that these attitudes exist this is just the first time that it's ever been caught in 4k so to speak So it's not necessarily shocking to us. I think we're more surprised when we get answers that are supportive or affirmative, because, you know, we kind of, when we ask people these questions, we kind of expect to get wild answers. We kind of expect people to say things that are out of pocket. Uh, So, you know, it's always more surprising when we get something nice instead.
0: It seems watching these videos, like there's a common refrain among students who answer you. They tell you, Oh, I can't speak to that. Or I need to do more research. I feel as a line. You guys get a lot. Do you think they're actually doing research or do you think uh, that's just cover for I don't want to tell you how I feel because I know it's wrong?
1: I genuinely do not believe a lot of them are researching. I think some of them might be thinking deeper after the videos go viral maybe and they see themselves, which is kind of our purpose, right? Is to challenge people's beliefs and to help people. We don't want to challenge people to the point where there's no redemption, right? Like we can all change and grow and become better people, uh, but I just don't necessarily know if that that's happening right away. I think maybe the what the internet kind of shows them where they're at encourages that that change maybe sooner than they would have wanted.
2: Y'all have this incredible ability when you're asking these questions and listening to these answers to keep a like wildly straight face meanwhile i'm on my phone just like oh my god okay the question is do you think the black people deserve reparations
1: i think that they definitely don't deserve what was done to them in the past um i think that they do in some ways get a lot of reparation like you can get scholarships and stuff for that type of thing um i think that we kind of need to move past like equaling out everybody and just trying to like learn how to love each other rather than like oh now we need to get even or oh now we need to like oppress other people because we were oppressed or like stuff like. I think that we just need to like
2: how do y'all do that how are you not reacting in real time as you're hearing these answers
1: um well so here's the thing I really don't have a poker face so when you guys see me on the camera most times I'm looking like this mm-hmm, or, you know, I'm making some type of face because I really don't have a poker face. But, I mean, we try to hold it in. Also, this is not the first time we've heard some of these things from people. This is more so the first time it's being documented. And um, also, we know that if we do not have a poker face, people will um, shift what they say. If they see you looking at them like, wow, really? Then they'll Then they'll kind of change up a little bit what they say. But if you kind of just hold a straight face, they'll really expose themselves. And also, I want to add that we don't encourage dragging of the people in our videos because these are still people. And although what they think might not be correct, they still can change and grow. And I hope they do. A lot of people in our community were, grew up very sheltered. It's one thing if they're exposed and continue to choose bigotry, but Sometimes this might have been the first time we someone has asked them this question, and this is the first time they're formulating a response out, and we're just trying to show like the reality of what people think, not necessarily like condemn people, and, and we're trying to encourage people at the end of the day to do better, and that can only happen if they are learning and growing, which is what we're doing.
0: I'm assuming that everyone you film consents to being filmed prior to being on camera, I'm curious, do you often get rebuffed? Do you walk up to students and they say, absolutely not?
4: i say it's probably about maybe 70, 30, 80, 20. Most people will say yes. But, you know, every time we ask, we'll always get one or two no's. For the most part, people don't rebuff us. But when they do, they're just not comfortable being on camera. They don't want to be filmed. Or I'm on my way to class. That's their (laughs) favorite
1: line. (laughs) And sometimes we have to encourage people to say no, which I think just falls into the lds mormon nice way or whatever that they don't ever want to say no and so sometimes we can physically tell that someone does not want to be filmed they don't want to answer the question or they're very apprehensive but they say yes anyway and we're like you can say no you don't have to film you but they kind of it takes us kind of saying it once or twice sometimes three times for them to actually be like oh i can walk away we're like yeah we're not forcing you (laughs) so i think that's kind of funny but
2: Yeah, it is. It's also very nice of y'all.
0: Well, we're obviously having a great time talking with you, too, but we have to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Menaces in just a minute. In
2: 2007,
4: TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show.
0: Just wanted to take a moment to shout out anybody who is listening to our show for the very first time. If you're a new listener, hi, hello, welcome. We are so glad that you are here. In case you uh, missed it, our show comes out twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So be sure to listen back to last Wednesday's episode all about challenges on TikTok and the excellent Abbott Elementary. If you're not watching, please let us tell you why you should be watching. And we are back. I actually have a question because a lot of the videos I've watched, your peers will invoke doctrine from the church as to why they stand by their beliefs. Are you two members of the Church of the Latter-day Saints? We both are. How does that feel?
1: Well,
4: say you what. I could be more honest with that question after I graduate in two weeks. But um, it's definitely interesting. It, there's a lot to reconcile. You kind of have to do a lot of... Uh, Doctrinal gymnastics to to pick out the parts that are good and leave behind the parts that are uh, just flat out wrong. You know, there's a lot of good things about the church, just like there's good things in every church. Um, but there's also a lot of racism. There's a lot of homophobia. There's a lot of sexism, xenophobia. Um, and it's unfortunate. And so it's it's difficult navigating that, especially while being a black member of the church, because in the black community, there's already a, a huge uh, reputation of the church being racist, you know, because it is. And so, you know you have you kind of have to deal with navigating the church, but then also navigating being a member of the church and a black person amongst black people who like don't understand that perspective. So it's definitely interesting,
1: yeah, I too can speak more freely when I graduate at the end of the summer. But yeah, I think the only thing that I add to what Nada said is member of the church or not, I refuse to use doctrine as a reason to defend bigotry and a reason to justify exclusion and to justify denying people of their humanness.
0: What has the administrative response been like to the Black menaces? We reached out but did not receive a comment.
4: We actually haven't gotten any any response from the university so far. They've been very silent. So we don't know what the official stance is. I mean, I know that they know who we are.
2: Is it surprising that you haven't heard from administration?
1: Honestly, yes and no. Yes, in the sense of BYU and the church that our school is sponsored by does not like to be painted in a negative light on the internet, on social media, in news articles. So it's surprising in in that sense because normally they try to control the narrative but also, it's not surprising because they have no idea what to do. I know the lawyers are squirming every day mm-hmm. trying to figure out what they can do to stop us because they and they just don't have any power with us having TikTok.
2: Have you been surprised by the larger online response? I mean, there's so many people outside of the Church of Latter-day Saints just watching this content and seeing BYU really for the first time. Like, Have you been surprised by how much is blowing up outside of y'all's community?
4: Absolutely, we you know we definitely weren't expecting to get this much traction. Um, you know, six hundred and thirty thousand followers in like two months—that's we were not expecting that at all. And then you know, for for our audience to be so wide as well, that's been surprising, but it's also been a great blessing because we've been doing the work at BYU for a very long time, mm-hmm. but this is you know the first time that we've been able to actually take that work onto a wider scale and actually have a, a more of a platform for change because the university doesn't do much to help us. And so being able to actually have a platform where we can you know, take action by ourselves has been really, really
0: nice. What is your biggest hit thus far? The TikTok with the most views or reach or engagement, however you would measure that.
1: Um, our first video asking people if they support gay marriage by far. Do you support gay marriage? Yeah. 100%. Perfect. That's it? No. Okay. Cool. That's it. Yeah. 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 I'd say so. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Thank- um. I wouldn't say that I like encourage it, but I definitely don't judge people who do or who like are. But I feel like that video yes. skyrocketed us in a way that we did not even anticipate. When we got a million likes on it, we were like a million likes. Mm. We we that was very unexpected from us, and I feel like that's when our account really took off. Um. So like that's been, that that by far was like the most popular video. And like part two of that as well has been extremely popular.
4: I think the first video is what is probably almost at 20 million
2: views now. That is so many. Yeah. <laughs> what do you kind of hope the impact of these videos is? Is it to push the administration? Is it to push the student body? Is it some combination of both?
1: Our church in BYU very rarely makes changes unless there's pressure from the outside. Uh, big changes like racial things, things like that. Then they're kind of like, well, we have no choice. We need to kind of move forward. And so we've, for like Nate said, we've been putting in the work for years. Me and Nate have been here. Nate's been here longer than I have. And we've been trying to do things for such a long time. And nothing has come of it. And this feels like we're on the cusp of adding the right amount of pressure to get some real policy change at BYU to help BIPOC students be more comfortable, to have more resources, and also to help queer students in terms of accessibility or just ability to hold hands on campus.
2: Y'all seem very conscious of the way that the people that you're interviewing are being perceived on the internet, making sure they're not getting hate. And I'm curious as to whether there are any videos y'all have filmed that you felt like you couldn't post.
4: The one that really hurt me was when we were filming... I'm the one where we ask people, um, is a trans woman a woman, is a trans man a man? And some of the responses that we got for that, they actually like hurt my heart a little bit. But as far as feeling like we couldn't post it, I would say no.
2: Rachel, what about you? What's one that you've heard recently that really just stuck with you and not in a not in a good way?
1: This wasn't recent, this was one of our like earlier videos, but when we had gone around and asked people about Blacks and the priesthood and the temple band, we asked people if they thought it was from God, and a lot of people kind of were like, I don't know, I'm not sure, which really was just their way of saying it. They felt uncomfortable saying yes, <laughs> but this one man said to us, my initial response is yes, and then proceeds to say why he believes that God wouldn't have not wanted me, a black woman, to not go into the temple that our church believes is needed to live with God again, which is like the purpose that we believe is being here. So like for him to, if you're a member of the church and you believe that God would want that and support that and then say it to my face, looking me eye to eye, um, that was pretty jarring for me because I I just had never heard someone say it with that affirmation to my face.
2: Mm, Yeah, I can't imagine how, I mean, jarring is the perfect word for it. I can't imagine how jarring that must have been.
0: That must have been really difficult to hear. Let's take things in a lighter direction. Do you guys feel like campus celebrities at this
1: point? Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's too much a little bit, if I'm going to be honest. Like everywhere. Okay, so before Black Menaces, people would stare at us. We're 0.4% of a population, shout out. And I do have awesome hair, if I do say so myself. So I never knew people were staring at me because I'm black because of my hair. (laughs) Um, But now we get more stares, and I think it's because of Black Menaces. And like when we're out, when I'm out, like even not on campus, like in Utah County, in Salt Lake, people go, Are you from Black Menaces? (laughs) Just because I'm pretty recognizable, and it's, it's entertaining. I mean, I always joke with him whenever we're out doing stuff. We always see at least one or two people who notice me, <laughs> at least sometimes more.
4: The other day I was at Texas Roadhouse with my wife and, you know, I was just sitting in a little booth in the corner and the waiter was like, hey, are you on TikTok? And he recognized us. And then somebody else came from their table on the other side of the restaurant. And like, hey, we just want to say we love your videos. you know, And yeah, pretty much every day somebody will recognize us. Um, and some people are fine with it. They'll just say, hey, we love your videos. And other people will just kind of stare at you and make it weird. But mm. it takes some getting used to, for sure.
1: I had someone in a car one time, like two times. and They were in vehicles. Uh-huh. Raised the window down. Hey, aren't you that girl in Black Minnesota? <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. <I> <laughs> wow. Not hollering you from the passenger side of his best friend's ride. Was like, rides like, what's going exactly, on here? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> 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 Try to holler at me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, girl.
0: <laughs> Just for scale, wouldn't you say how tiny of a fraction of the population the black students on campus are? How big is the BYU student body?
4: There are 30,000 undergraduates and there are 400, roughly 400 black students.
2: Wow. um I mean, I guess our last wrap up question is what's your favorite reaction you've gotten so far?
1: I think I loved the. One of my, this is a fun day when we filmed the bisexual, would you date someone who was a bisexual? And we met a gay student through there and someone else who was bisexual. Um, And so that was really fun because like we just chatted with them for like 30 minutes after our video and just like made a new friend. And um, I just love when I meet really cool people through doing our videos. Like we just meet really cool people. So I think that's my favorite thing is just like meeting awesome people afterwards. I would say for me, I think probably my favorite one is one of our very
4: first videos where we just went around and asked other members of the Black Student Union, hey, what's your favorite thing about BYU? And the response for pretty much all of them was like, oh, the black people, us, Mm you know, the BSU. So that was a lot of fun because that really is one of the best parts about being here is the community that we've been able to build together.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: All right. I think that is all the questions we have for y'all. Thank you so much for taking the time. No, thanks for having us.
4: It was a pleasure to be on the podcast.
0: Once again, that was Rachel Weaver and Nate Bird from BYU's The Black Menaces. You can find them on TikTok at Black Menaces. They're on Instagram by the same name. And they also have a Patreon, The Menace Society. Go forth and follow. You're welcome. All right. That's the show. We will be back in your feed on Wednesday. So please subscribe. It is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. Consider leaving us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Tell your friends about us. Uh, tell your college classmates about us. Walk up to them. Just, you know, shove a microphone in their face and ask them what they think of ICYMI. You can also follow us on Twitter. We are at ICYMI underscore pod. Or there's always email ICYMI
2: at Slate.com. We love hearing from you guys. ICYMI is produced by me, Rachel Hampton, Manus Malone Kircher, and Daniel Schrader. We're edited by Allegra Frank, and Leisha Montgomery is executive producer of Slate Podcast. See you online or in Provo, Utah.
4: Sick of being upsold at gyms?